0: Hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to episode 79 of the Sky and Pancake Podcast. I'm Jay Snack
1: and I'm Larry Sud? Yes,
0: yeah, Larry is here. Go. Yvonne's not here because who needs Yvonne when you have me? <laughs>
1: right? I mean, I would rather be with both of you, but if, if I'm stuck with just you, I'm completely comfortable. So we have And the- I brought enough booze for three, so Yeah, perfect. So uh, I was planning
0: on going to work after this, but Sounds like I'm just hanging out with Larry tonight. It's going to be a guy's night. I yeah. Think. A guy's We're, night. If we don't wind up um, killing a hooker tonight, then tonight did not go right. Oh, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Touchy subject. <laughs> well, maybe she needs to go to the hospital. But, well, cheers. Cheers. So, okay. Larry came like a gentleman that he is. He came with accoutrements. You brought... Oh, yes. You brought... Um, just tell me what you just made. He just made me a drink. Just me.
1: Yeah, and I think we caught a little bit of it on uh, Facebook. But uh, yeah, the star of this one's uh called Emulsion Gin from Greensboro. And I just dumped a hefty pour of that into a shaker tin and shook it up with some some pear, uh, lime, and sugar and called it a day. Kind of like a fun seasonal gimlet. Yeah, it's really
0: – it really, has a – I was telling you, it has a nice little spice and then like the citrus of this lime.
1: It's really good. Oh, yeah. I love gin. I'm kind of, that's been my thing for the last uh, few months. So right Yvonne, Yvonne is a big gin
0: lover. She, she told on the last pod that she had a, when she was 14, she drank a whole thing of Maker's Mark, a whole handle, and then had to get her stomach pumped. So she doesn't drink whiskey anymore. So she likes gin. So whiskey's her like everybody's gin. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like the the sort yeah, of gin. Yeah, most people do it with gin, but she did it with matrix mark, and I feel like that's classy.
1: Yeah, that's a nice start. You know, get it out of the way <laughs> early. That way you don't have to spend a lifetime of spending tons of money on whiskey. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Smart. It was really, honestly, that was really smart. Okay, so let's give the people a background on yourself. If you don't know Larry Suds, I mean, who are you?
1: Who who am I? <laughs> I mean, so I, I say I'm a charlatan first and foremost. I've been here my entire life thus far. You went to South Mac, right? I went to Myers Park. Myers actually. Park. My yeah. bad. MP. Yeah. Get it right. Go Mustangs. But uh yeah, so but I I grew up kind of in a weird like far away from there, closer to like the South Carolina border and My grandma raised me had a single dad that helped when he wasn't working so kind of came from humble beginnings but got to hang out with all the all the cool kids in the Myers Park area so real fortunate got a lot of great relationships from that and um, I've kind of stuck around here my whole life just to see Charlotte grow and blow up into what it is today so yeah so how did you get
0: into the bartending scene
1: it was kind of in my blood, my dad he was a uh he owned a bar in like the eighties kind of kind of a sketchy bar not too far from here off of Wilkinson boulevard served a lot of bikers nice um and he stood behind a bar probably sixty hours a week and smoked a ton of cigarettes, drank a bunch, and when he had me, he kind of decided to put that off to the side, changed up his lifestyle and uh but I think it was. In my blood, I knew uh, out, out of high school, I was like, what can I make the most money at? And it was waiting tables. So I got a, got a pretty cool gig at like a Creole restaurant called Hotel Charlotte. And, you know, that was a... Classic, cool, classic yeah, Charlotte restaurant. They had a beer program before beer was kind of cool. So I got to drink. They had like 100, 100 beers on the wall was the thing. And once you drink 100 you got a mug, and you always got <laughs> to drink out of that mug. It was real old school. You can never pull that off these days. Way yeah. too high overhead. But, uh, but yeah, that kind of piqued my interest. I probably got to 100 beers before I even turned 21, honestly, just to call it R&D. If you yeah. But, uh, yeah, of course. But yeah, it was a real laid back place, but taught me a lot about service and hospitality. Because the whole New Orleans vibe was all yeah, about. Was, was all about we, hospitality. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> oh, that's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. So when I was at Hotel Charlotte, I got kind of bored and was, how can I fast track this? And so I got a job at Firebirds, and which is a cool, kind of like wine-forward food concept over in South Park. They've got a lot of other restaurants, and I was like dude this is amazing I can make you know a thousand bucks a week blindfolded and still have time to go out afterwards so so after that I found Duckworth off of a whim they were kind of opening up a new bigger concept over off of Montford and that's where I met uh, Henry Schmolling and he kind of in a way we we knew each other passing but passing through but he kind of uh, took me under his wing, taught me a ton about beer, um, taught me to bartend. And I really owe a lot to him about like teaching me the intro to what bartending really is. And it's more about taking care of people than just making drinks or knowing, knowing your product. So, um, you know, and after bartending for a couple years, I became a beverage manager there. I was overseeing like 300 taps it was like a dream job for a 24 year old kind of kid I'd had my fingers in a bunch of beer was traveling the east coast get, getting to kind of learn about beer first and foremost before it was again kind of cool yet yeah. um and at that point there was like four breweries in Charlotte and I was like I want to open up a brewery how can I do that and, I I met a guy named Brad Shell who's the owner of Unknown Brewing Company, and that that's when my life kind of changed. Was I was like, okay, like I'm now have a dream job say at 25, and they're gonna pay for me to travel and sell this amazing product, and I was like, wow, like this is this kind of mind blowing, and Brad's like a was we were welding we were moving 100 ton tanks if you will around inside of a new building and it was just an amazing amazing experience so so yeah that's kind of the early early phase and before i got really into craft cocktails if you will but that all kind of laid the groundwork for kind of what i do today so okay so you're at unknown brewing yeah and you're the head bartender or the head brewmaster what's your title so i was the uh, sales manager for sales manager yeah um which meant i pretty much did everything from mm-hmm. brewing mm-hmm. beer to taking delivering beer if it missed the truck to do, really doing whatever it took to get our beer into people's hands into people's mouths so mm-hmm. yeah And it was was quite a tall task for such a young, young guy, but I was like young, energetic and ready, ready for it, ready to get out, ready to get out and see the world, if you will. (laughs) So you're doing that. So how, so how
0: do you get into cocktails? So you're a beer
1: man. Yeah. So
0: it's like, you're an ass man and you
1: just became a boob man. Yeah. What happened? Overnight. Yeah. (laughs) So, so funny, funny enough, while they, while I was traveling, debuting our beer in different markets like Charleston, raleigh um Durham, these places that had a great like culture with rest- like a restaurant culture, you know, and even went to Atlanta and got to see what they were doing and One thing I noticed was all these like bartenders that took bartending seriously and took it as more of a career and then just like a job and that's kinda why I got out of bartending and wanted I wanted a career um so so actually, the aha moment for me was uh, in Charleston. We were bar hopping, and I probably ate, drank like fourteen old fashions at different bars, and just going down King Street. And I'm like, "Holy cow! All these are amazing, and they're they're all so different, and they're all so fun. Like these bartenders are like blowing my mind with the concoctions they were they were kind of able to come up with." So, yeah, uh, my shortly thereafter i was like i want to be a bartender again you know and i i met bob peters pretty well-known guy if you haven't had a drink if for you him, don't you know gotta, bob peters you and you're listening to this him. i mean yeah. who are you I'm not supposed to talk down to our listeners but you yeah, yeah know. you gotta you gotta get on it you know yeah because because bob bob really is he's he's kind of the um the og along with some other people in town but Really, what what changed was a conversation we had down in New Orleans, and I was like, I was like, I'm gonna quit everything I'm doing, I'm gonna drop everything and become a bartender. But the best kind of steps for me to do that was taking a step back and, you know, getting the proper training that I hadn't gotten in the past. So, so he he kind of changed my life in the way that um, and. Teaching me the secret—I call it the secret sauce—kind of of bartending. It's more than just again making drinks and being a mixologist. It's the hospitality, the hosting of it, and um, so the year I spent at the Ritz-Carlton tending to to like his program and getting to hone things one by one was was kind of a career changer for me. So it was a, it was a year of my life that um, kind of accelerated my career in ways I couldn't, couldn't imagine. So we worked at the punch room.
0: Yeah. With Bob. You were
1: Bob's oh, yeah. right-hand man. Yeah, in, in a way, yeah, I would say. You and Bob. Yeah. It was, it was a, like it, Starsky and Hush. We called it the Bob and, and Bob and Larry show. Yeah, you know, exactly. It, it was always fun. We, we had our dance down behind the bar you know i still do the bob peters pose like every day <laughs> like still practice that so one hand behind the back kind of thing so yeah you got a lot of bob in me you got a lot of a lot of henry too you know cuz he was I, I can't say how many t- spirits henry got got me to try that i would have never even thought about fernet branca mezcal whole list of things i would have not gotten the chance to ever ever have so or not even thought of so but yeah all right so you're at the
0: punch room and then you're like i'm gonna go out on my own
1: and try this uh, and try this shit yeah i was kind of um i i got a really great opportunity at, once my apprenticeship kind of was ending and in a way bob bob didn't kick me out but it was like okay now it's time for you to move on like you're ready to to take on something on your own so you got to let the baby bird fly yeah you got to get him out the nest you know yeah. so which it was uncomfortable you know i i like cried a little bit you know but uh definitely necessary like it was one of those things where i was just itching to like have do my own thing and I took the first opportunity that kind of came, came to my doorstep, you know, and which I, which was a, a, a big, big undertaking. Um, and, and then, then I woke up one day and I was like, why am I killing myself, you know, for, for the man, right? Like, why am I waking up every day and like, this is no way to live, you know, <laughs> like I, I can't do this nine to five lifestyle or this really nine to nine kind of lifestyle that I see so many of my friends get sucked into, you know, and doing something day in, day out that they don't love, you know. So so after after that blip, which was about, I'd say, three to six months or so of, like, batching out margaritas and squeezing a ton of lime and all so that So where were you stuff. at, can we say? Yeah, yeah, southbound over off of uh, okay. next, next to Max. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of fun. That was kind of my first taste of... Or, Were you in the back bar like the secret bar? No, they they that wasn't a thing quite yet. It was the front tequila bar. Yeah. Which if you know me, I love tequila. So it was kind of like a it was it was a great experience. I got to drink 50 to 100 different tequilas, you know, just by getting go, getting out there yeah. and tasting them with people. So and I think still to this day they've got one of the most impressive kind of tequila selections in town. So um but yeah, it was a great experience just I I couldn't I, I saw myself getting sucked back into that kind of like waking up and not doing what I love and and that's bartending and um so and and actually like giving my talent to people that that really want it, you know. Um so that that's when I decided to be a consultant really at that point and get paid more project to project instead of working off of tips or hourly. So So, you like, so like your dream
0: job now is you develop a cocktail menu at these cool places and, uh, get them started. And then you say, you go out on your own. I'm going to go build another cocktail menu at another place.
1: Yeah. So, so where I'm at today are what project I've been working on since the new year, pretty much is a great example. And, uh, this has been a kind of a labor of love because it's 4 hours away and it's it's tough to be be away from home but the one the one kind of factor that made it worthwhile was seeing something go from nothing to something very beautiful you know and that involves the whole front of house and that's really what I I do enjoy about this is uh taking like these these entrepreneurs that a lot of times don't have the you know experience in restaurants and giving them an asset in the front of house that or behind the bar that can set their business off in a in a way for for years you know um so, so you where to it's called the Hackney right yeah it's the Hackney which is a it's a it's a restaurant farm to table restaurant um and also soon to be a uh, gin distillery which is kind of why I'm on it on a gin kick these days. Um, but, but really like it, we owe it all to the chefs and, um, Nick and Suzanne Sanders are the two owners and they actually funny enough reached out to me via, via, uh, Instagram and just kind of on a whim we started talking and I was trying to find them a, you know, full-time bartender for, for in the middle of pretty much eastern North Carolina, it's real hard to find hospitality professionals because um, they all want to live in a bigger city. Um, but this was a beautiful bar in a historical bank building with you know twenty or twenty-five foot ceilings and hundred seats. It's kind of a it was a dream come true for any any bartender. Um, and after, after kind of being unsuccessful. Finding them a full-time bartender, um, head bartender. I, w- I told them that I would kind of do a residency and build their bar program from scratch. And um, and I was fortunate enough to kind of come in at the right time and be able to place things where they should be placed and get some equipment in that has made us really successful. So um, and and yeah so this this project has been kind of a start to finish pr- project. When I came in, there was you know nothing nothing really there but a bar and you know a back bar with nothing on it and then a couple of days later, um, we started training people and then the next day we opened up to the public so <laughs> it's quick. In, in a matter of four or five days of me arriving in town it was it was kind of a a whirlwind and it, the last six weeks have been so rewarding and I've gotten to see my two bartenders, Carmen and uh, and Riley. They've just been so, they've impressed me so much. They've both came from kind of like a wine pouring background um, before. They're real young, but they've taken on the uh, craft cocktails and the wine and the the steps of service. So, so fantastic. And and uh we've we've got a great talented chef jamie davis and sous chef lloyd is is abs- they're they're making some like some of the most local food that i've ever kind of eaten and it's not about like making money this is this isn't a project that these these guys are doing it out of the love of food and hospitality and that's really what's been what's been so beautiful um yeah we need to go it, it's a hall, but it I It's worth like, it. I'd say Washington, North Carolina. I would put it on, on the radar as uh up and coming North Carolina cities. Well if you're going like to the chef and the
0: farmer, that's a little bit farther down. You can go hit that up, hit Washington. Yeah. yeah. Um you can go uh be in the middle of nowhere.
1: Fun yeah. times. Well I mean so Washington's situated on the water, it's a river uh, city. So you, you've got fishing, you've got riverfront views. It's, uh, and then you've got a a beautiful historic downtown with buildings that are, that are, you know, hundred or more years old. And it's absolutely what they've done with this old bank that's stone and marble and brick has just uh, put something unique and interesting that could, that could kind of stand out and. Any any city in America, much less little rural uh, eastern North Carolina. So, yeah. Okay,
0: so you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what do you like the most about bartending? Like, if what makes you the happiest? Like, if I come and sit with you at a bar, what are you looking for
1: from me? Ooh that's like a tough question, man. Like now I'm going to have people, they call uh, me the, I'm the,
0: uh, what's the guy's name? Larry. Who's the guy with the, the yes, I'm the Larry Kane of this podcast. Thank you.
1: I would know that name (laughs) because I'm one of the few Larrys. So yes,
0: exactly. Larry David, Larry Kane, I, I
1: I love when people like put, put their night in my hands and, say, you know, give me like, give me the best experience the way you would want it, you know? And, and that can go from enjoying a coarse meal to me just putting cocktails in front of you before you run out, you know, for the whole night. So if so.
0: I, so if I come in and it's like, it's Hey, safe. I've got
1: 30 minutes,
0: like, just treat me. That's like your dream. Or like, I'm, he- I'm here for, I'm here all night. Let's hang out
1: yeah yeah and that's what show me a good time that's probably me from my punch room days and getting to see bob like people trusted like bob in a way that they would trust like their you know their mom the kinda, priest or, yeah it's like yes yes sir whatever you want to put in front of me and like he's like everything he does is amazing so i'm gonna be happy with it you know so I'm not I'm not at that level to where I've built that trust for 20 years in Charlotte, you know, um, but it happens on occasion, and I think that that's when they have the best time, that's when I have the best time, and it's beautiful the way because I I deal with this food every day, you know, and and actually when I was working with Amanda um, at at her bar at Bardo, they come into Bardo and they just trust her, you know, and I'd love to see that. It's like yeah. I'll take like it's the best pair like this is what food I want or I like and she's amazing at like talking about their food as well um they're they're just like I'm putting you putting my night in your hands and now it's on you to make sure that they have the memorable experience that, that their dollar kind of kind of deserves so yeah but if that doesn't happen because that's like doesn't happen all the time I just think like like asking, asking the right questions so I know what you want. You know, like that, that's really my ballpark is like asking leading questions. So it's like, like why are you here? What do you want? And like who, what, when, where, why, kind of. And I, once I figure that out, like it's on. Like I'm able to. So you like kinda, the puzzle. It's kind of a puzzle for you. Yeah, and you're trying to solve it. It's a game. You know, I look at it kind of like a game. It's kind of, it's fun to me. So what's, what are the things to avoid as a patron? Ooh, like I probably, I can't speak on that. Cause when, when I go out and you know, bartenders aren't always like the most chill group <laughs> when they're <laughs> after work. But, uh, I mean, I just try to make sure everybody's having a good time. I know my, my, one of my pet peeves is like hovering, like people that like hover over, my guests that are having, say like mid meal, you know, because most of the so people are sitting I do, at a
0: bar, and then like people are waiting to get drinks, and they're like basically like
1: yeah. I wouldn't say raping them, but like maybe like from yeah. behind and, and that's even when I'm sitting down because I'm a bar guy, and I eat at the bar, yeah I'll have a full m- meal from start to finish at the bar and not move a muscle and, uh, and I think there's a lot of people like that, and some of the the culture. Isn't necess- in in this part of the globe. Isn't necessarily to mind your manners just because there's a bar in the room. But um, that that's kind of just uh, I, I don't mind. So what's
0: proper etiquette? Like if I like if you're at a if, if you're waiting to be seated and you're at a bar, like the, yeah. the one that comes to mind that we went to recently is the Crunkleton. Yeah, and you're like standing there and it's like super crowded. We're just waiting to get, but we want to get a drink. Like, what's, how should we, how you know, should we do it?
1: You know, I think the Crunkleton's one of those places. It's cool to stand up and mingle and happy hour. And, you know, they've got a great food program there, but it's more casual. Like, it's like, I can eat most of it with my fingers. And yeah. like, if I want to be hanging out with people, in another part of the restaurant and hanging out with people at the bar, that I think is acceptable. But I would say figure out what their roles are because not every bar is a college dive bar, not every bar is uh, the punch room where you know there's no standing room or whatnot. Yeah, and I think that's that just makes people's experiences better overall. When we were at the Stanley there was no standing room at the bar and the main reason was there's no area for people to walk and our food was so beautiful that it deserved the respect of not having people crowded around it yeah. you know and and i think that's appropriate you know it's like i don't walk into you know roost crisp and order a quesadilla or something kind of thing i'm i know what i know what's yeah. appropriate you don't to go to do a there. state
0: place and order the fish
1: yeah, exactly. You know, do what's appropriate for that setting. There we go. I love that. All right. When you're uh so what are your go-to
0: places? Like Ooh. let's uh, like tonight, well, you said you're going to <laughs> the all you can eat stage place after this, which I don't know, I might join you. We'll see.
1: Yeah, that's a possibility. <laughs> we were we were kind of mulling. We'll see that what happens. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna say no. Um, all you can eat fries. That's, yeah,
0: that's kind of a hook. That's all you, that's all you need to know. Um, so when you're like, what are the bars that you like to go to around town?
1: I've, I've kind of, you know, I've, I love supporting all of our local bartenders and, um, you've obviously got your big, your big hitters, like your haberdish, your punch room, your, um, I mean, obviously, Dot, 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 and the crunkleton they're kind of like the big guys on the scene right now, I'd say. And then and Bardo, you got, obviously. And then you've got places that have the whole kind of experience with the food and beverage thing, Bardo being... I think we've shared yeah. that feeling of top, like, my favorite place to go. Yeah, Bardo's if, the best. Yeah, I've only been in town, like, 15 days this year, and I think I've been to Bardo at least seven of those days. So, and then... And kind of my under-the-radar spot, which I know it's not really under-the-radar because a lot of people know about it, but it's really surprising, and I love it more and more every time I go Fin and Fino. Like, yes.
0: What's like, there? Is something in the clams? Is there Instagram for yeah, the bartender? Yeah,
1: back, yeah, yeah. And their their whole staff there is amazing. Like, their their food is always just so good, you know? It's yeah. like just I've never had a bad bad experience there um like i love their i think they sell more bartenders calls there than like anywhere in the city or maybe but like every time i order one it's like what's a bartender's call so I forget what they call it there, but it's pretty much you uh, put put it in the bartender's hands and you oh them, yeah, yeah yeah say I yeah. like tequila and I want something refreshing and they're not going to just put a put a margarita in front of you they're going to actually be thoughtful and you're going to get like an añejo tequila with a with an amaro and a shrub that they've made in house and you know they've they've kind of and they've got like a hundred different rums which I love rum too I love all all spirits so they've kind of got that. I think that market kind of cornered. Um, but, yeah, they they know what hospitality is, that whole restaurant group with Brian LaRusso and and those guys are just just killing it. Um, I'd say Soul Gastro Lounge, too. They're like the yeah. OG. Like, if I'm in Plaza Midwood and I don't go to Soul Gastro Lounge, it's not, I didn't go to Plaza Midwood. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> so. so, okay,
0: what's your favorite... Tell us a couple of your favorite drinks you've had around town.
1: Ooh. That you've been like, damn, this is good. I mean, so I'm I'm so like, it's crazy because when I go out, when I go out, I'm drinking like shots of Fernet or and like, you know, but I and cocktails change all the time. So um I'm one of those I'm one of those A holes that I'm like, make me whatever you want to make it make me. Um and it's not because it's not an A hole some some people may think it is because it's like well what what the fuck did you you didn't just give me anything that i needed to know about you but it's usually me asking like what do you really enjoy like producing right now like what's new because i go to these places so often it's like it's like what's new that i haven't had before and i'm usually my mind's normally blown like obviously every time i go to dot 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 like the, the Andrews are some of my favorite bartenders in town. They put something fun in front of me. Um, like if I go to Bardo, it's like cooling effect, and yeah, there's a cocktail, the Cruel Summer. Yes, right now that, that, Is that the really toasted almond in. one. Well, no, that's uh, that's a different one because you came but, uh, up with
0: that with Amanda. right? That was
1: Amanda's, but I was uh, like we we engineered it kind of together. That's like yeah.
0: one of the best cocktails I've ever had, yeah. and it's so good and. When I had that, I was I thought my mind exploded and maybe yeah. it did.
1: Yeah, we were really happy with that. That was uh Amanda paired that with one of Mike Chef Mike's and Jake's uh desserts. Yeah so, which is the squash dessert. It was paired with that. You probably know that one well uh, of too. So, but um But yeah, so for those
0: of you that don't know, Larry is dating Amanda. And I would say maybe Oh yeah. Maybe, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, she's I would, mine. <laughs> back off. Everyone, back off. Uh, I, would you say you're
1: the biggest power couple in the city? Like, is there anyone bigger? I I, I don't think we ever look at ourselves as a power couple, if you will. Um, we I think we're both involved in our local cocktail He's scene. He's being modest,
0: people. It's like him um, and, like, I don't even know who could be more famous as a power couple in town. Like it's just Amanda and Larry just taking over the world. Some people—it's almost not fair. Some people have referred to
1: us as the J and Bay of Charlotte mixology. Yes, but, uh, exactly. But now that, that really, like, there's so many great like people in Charlotte that are adding to this cocktail scene. Um, we just happen to live under the same roof, and we're we're one of the we're lucky. That we found each other, and she, I, she's like a a second palate for me. When I've exhausted my palate, or I've been like making cocktails all all night trying to dial something in, she's a trusted resource that I can not uh, that I I can trust whatever she tells me because I'm, I'm I love things bold and in your face, and she's got the more refined palate that is. I'd say can taste flavors a lot better, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. She has a better palate, pretty much. So um, so I, I bounced ideas off of her and d- drinks and you know our days of coming home and making cocktails all night aren't are are not over completely, but nowadays it's more like R and D and we're we're just constantly prepping and making fun things together. It's it's awesome. Yeah. So you guys turned
0: us on to Fernet. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we love it, that. So tell uh, tell them so I think one of the coolest things about just the bartender scene is like there's so many different spirits all over the world. Like it's basically endless possibilities, and even now, like you're seeing like this local gin that's coming up and just by the you know the ph of the of the ground and stuff like you get all these cool unique flavors yeah it's like an endless possibility of choices that you can make with your at your bar
1: yeah it makes it tough uh when you're running like a curated bar program to choose what what you want behind there and that i think uh it there's more and more every day i get people reaching out to me on instagram like try this like let me send you a bottle like let will you post about it and it's like like i'd probably be posting a different (laughs) like gin or vodka every day if i if if i could you know but or if i wanted to but uh it nowadays it's about going through the process of not only drinking the spirit, like that's my first test is how good is that spirit? You know, how good? And then it's like, what's the story behind it? Because that's how I can sell it. You know, that's kind of, it, it sucks, but it's the marketing behind all of this, you know? For example, like this uh, emulsion gins crafted by Fainting Goat out of Greensboro. But what really gets me is that it's a father-son duo, you know? And being raised by a single father, I was like, that's freaking awesome. Oh, wow. Like, I could only wish to work so closely with my dad doing something that we both love, you know. So um, so not only are they like small craft and make a great product, but they have a great story that I kind of rings to my tugs on my heartstrings a little bit, you know. Um, Do you
0: ever have you ever bartended with your dad?
1: You know, like uh, past like making uh, pouring Crown and sodas for them. You know, at home and uh, we we've even got like a bottle of Crown Royal Ten Year, which they haven't released for like thirty some years. That uh, that's the
0: Ackerman. We love Crown Royal. That's well, like of, of like the basic
1: yeah
0: stuff. Crown Royals are Crown Royal Reserve.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I I grew up like eating my dad's ice after he finished the finished his drink <laughs> I would like take the glass and like chew on the ice I'd, I know that's probably not a good thing but that's some of my earliest memories of uh of getting a taste for anything if you will and and I would I would I he'll probably listen to this but I would I would take a little bit here and there out of his like stash and I oh, uh, d- hope he didn't notice and then I think he's already like leveled <laughs> with me he's like Larry I noticed like <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh we'll just we'll just cut that out he'll never know i mean
1: but uh but yeah like the spirits are historical they have stories they're not only make you feel yummy on the inside but uh like they they tell stories about people's heritage and where they came from so I, that's part of the reason I, i'm a kind of a history buff and Part of the reason why i got it like love telling i love telling these stories over the bar and it's not just know about the knowing your product it's about like respecting heritage you know the the time that it took to produce this one bottle of gin like and re, and respecting that like this is every bottle of this gin is numbered by hand and sealed and filled and and that's just beautiful to me. It's not just liquid in a glass container. It's yeah. a, It's a story to People be People care
0: about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then you've got things like Fernet Bronca. Sorry, I'm going to plug Fernet real quick because yes. I do love Talk Nat about Fernet because I, yeah. I
0: had Fernet one time, and I didn't really know it was Fernet until I met you guys, and I and you gave me a shot of it. And I was like, oh, I've had this before.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's memorable. You'll never forget yeah. Fernet once you have it. We call no. it Fernet Face. <laughs> uh, but – uh. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think, I I know Henry was the first one that put me on to it, and he, he first gave it to me as a shot, and I drank it, and I was like, that's the worst thing I've ever had in my life. Dude, like, get get that out of my face and never talk to me again. And uh, then he started, like, sneaking it into drinks, and I'm like, dude, like I told you, like, I will slap you. Like, I will, like, stop putting this in my drink. And uh, And then shortly after that I'm like dude like my stomach like I was going into Ed's Tavern he was working there like on their whiskey program and their cocktails and he's like he's like dude try this like this will make your stomach feel better and I'm like I told you I hate that stuff (laughs) like and sure enough I took like maybe an ounce shot and I felt better the whole night and I was able to like go out and party and have a good time and from there on I was like have you tried Fernet? Because this will change your freaking life. So, explain so to people what it tastes like. I mean, first instinct, a lot of people think it tastes like mouthwash, but it's way worse than mouthwash. <laughs> like, or not. I, You're really selling I good, love it. But in a good way. Yeah. You know? um, I, and I say this the reason I it's love it better. It's very bitter. It's a, like, I'd say it's classified closer to like the Amaro yeah. re- region, if you will. So, it's like, no, Amaro, it's from yeah. Milan. Yes, yes. It's a Milanese Amaro. Um, That's Milan, Italy, not Milan, Kentucky? Correct, yes, Kentucky. yes. Um, but they've got, I mean, I mean, tons of history in this. I could probably go on, but uh, the cool thing about this that I tell people is this: they didn't take it off the shelves during Prohibition in America, which, and they're using the same recipe that they've always used. And so this is like medicine- that the the government actually one at one point recognized as medicine because of the flavor and so people like no one will no one will drink this and that's part of the reason why fernet probably still exists to this day because they had such a spike in and those sales during that time that because people their options were dwindled you know so um but I I think it, it I call it gut health. I think that's a topic on like Doctor Oz and like yeah. the, these you know these days. But it makes my stomach feel feel good. It gives you a warm feeling. Actually, it, it actually cools you. It doesn't make you feel warm. But like if you take a shot of this after running a marathon, it'll actually send chills up your up your spine. I'm gonna do that. I've, I've never ran a marathon, but so I can't speak off of off of experience. But yeah. Um, but, and it's also, it's great to work into cocktails. I, I have something called after dinner cocktail that I've been doing since my days at the Stanley. And uh, they actually, um, so I, I pretty much, it's you,
0: Okay, day. you started at the Stanley and I thought that was you. You made me a drink once.
1: Yeah, I think I made person. you a few drinks at, yeah. at some point. Um, yeah, you made me a lot of drinks. Which we were getting, you know in the beginning of that we were getting everybody wanted to have a seat in in the stanley it was amazing like getting to it was another one of those experiences when i where i walked in you know three days four days before he opened and then we had a cocktail menu and bartenders and 100 people on on the books for that night so amazing experience getting to see like an artist at work like chef verica was amazing, and working with Alex, his, his Sue and son, like, was absolutely like a, like a eye-opening experience to see people working at that level, you know, and I, I learned a ton about wine from their, their GM, Steven, um, so it was like, it was kind of my first glimpse after the punch room of, like, what, how great I could one day be, you know, that kind of thing. If I did the right things, you know, like if I, in the next 20 years, like I could one day be close, not perfect. Cause you never are perfect, but be at a level where, you know, that bo- people like Bob are at where they, just, they just trust you, you know, it's like, so it's what? Like, what's your dream job? Uh, my dream job would be like a, like a 14 seat bar in like on a beach, like in the middle of the Bahamas that I just made like fresh cocktails off of like ingredients that I picked that day, you know, I like love that pineapple off the tree, guava, papaya, all that shit, you know, like, just, I love that. Just like, and then, and have it as, just okay. I think you need o- to go o- to only Peru. Open seasonally. You need too. to go
0: to Peru. Yeah. Because they have all these crazy ass fruits you've never even heard of, and like you could just yeah. sit in the rainforest and just make drinks. i yeah. love that.
1: Yeah, just like go forage, be like the foraging bartender kind of like where you, but not even have to forage. Just like because that's kind of interesting. Walk cause, out your window. Because like it off the, tree. the
0: big thing now in food is like foraging. I mean, you basically go find pick your stuff yeah. and make it, and. I don't know if there's a bartender doing that right now. That could be your thing. Yeah, that takes a lot of walking. (laughs) (laughs) And that, see, I thought you were going to say your dream job was an astronaut. So. Oh, yeah, that too. (laughs) The first bartender on the moon. Oh, yeah. That could be it. Did you hear about the bar on the moon? It was out of this world. It was was... great cocktails, terrible
1: atmosphere. Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Okay. I was going to, I missed that. (laughs)
0: I'm going to cut that out. God, that was terrible. Okay, so I bought you I bought a banda. She came on the pod, and I got her. Um so Yvonne and I aren't like super big drinkers. Yeah. Mainly because That's I fun. have mainly because I have gout and I like shouldn't have that much alcohol.
1: It's the rich man's disease. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I'm like a, a medici,
1: food.
0: you know, <laughs> medieval king. Um so we try to avoid like well she's she's perfectly healthy she can drink whatever the hell she wants, um, so I, I always like to have tails. and you guys made great mottails. you actually made me one of the Stanley with honey and yeah. and F- lemon fennel fennel yeah. frond. yes yeah
1: I remember that. that that was a good one that was
0: so good and so there's this thing called seed lips yeah, which yeah. is uh
1: that's exciting a distilled. What do
0: they call it? It's,
1: it's supposed it's to the be... the world's first distilled spirit, I believe, is what they call it. Yeah, distilled
0: yeah. spirit, but it has no alcohol in it.
1: Yeah. And, or, yeah, first non-alcoholic distilled spirit. That's and I was I think, so yeah. excited
0: to bring this to you in Amanda. So I was like, we had this at a fancy restaurant in San Francisco. And I was like, you guys have to try this. This is, like, going to blow your mind. And then you were like, what does it taste like? And I was like, it tastes like
1: gin. And you are like... Pfft go fuck yourself <laughs> you're like no <laughs> well yeah because jen is like has a bite like a high proof kind of bite you know yeah I, I look for i and love that's what
0: that. i liked about larry he was like no you're wrong and this is why you're wrong and i was like
1: all right wait I, I, did i tell you that
0: did I tell <laughs> yeah. you, you were wrong
1: yeah. <laughs> you
0: well you didn't tell me you were wrong you just looked at me like i was a i didn't know what i was talking about i was like you're right god i don't know but i had it as a gin and tonic
1: yeah. I mean, so, so I do think that there's a, a space for the non-alcoholic like profile or for, cause there, there's a lot of people that are either cutting back or have chosen not to drink or just can't do it anymore. You know, I'm one of those that I, I probably drink once or twice a week these days instead of my old days of just going out every, every night and hanging out and having fun. But, uh, those those types of things I think have done right are really great, and uh, the thing I, I appreciate about Seedlip is their like ingenuity and like stepping out and doing doing something that nobody's done before. I think like they're probably like the smartest people since like bottled water.
0: Yeah, that's what you were saying. Game. It's like all they you did know? was
1: basically take flowers yeah. and run some water through it. I mean, <laughs> in, in a, it, I'm sure it's a little harder process, but. Uh, I mean, it doesn't, it it won't replace gin and on my back bar at home. Yeah, but uh, like I'd say, if if used properly, like it, it can make a great cocktail and uh, and for people that are that want something reminiscent of of a spirit, like stuff like that's awesome. I, I think you're gonna see more of that. We've already seen a ton of. Low ABV and non-alcoholic like mocktails. Like yeah. I take, I've I've take I take mocktails just as serious as I take drinks with spirit in them. It's just about, it's the same same concept. It's just use quality ingredients and make something beautiful out of them. You know. Yeah,
0: and you and Amanda made some of the best uh, spirit-forward drinks in the city for sure. Not only not only the spirit. I guess they would be spirit less, but you obviously you guys made the best drinks.
1: Well, well, thank you. And again, like I think it's it's one of the things like it's about respecting the ingredients and and what I always say is and a practice I've used at the Hackney is like I talk to the chef every week and I say what what are you bringing in this week? Like what's the best stuff we can get our hands on? You know, and we're gonna change the menu based off of the highest quality produce that we can get you know I haven't gotten any berries yet this year but when those come around we're not going to buy them unless they're good you know unless they're high quality and um that's why I was using a lot of carrots and root vegetables and drinks is because they're they're the most beautiful thing we can get our hands on right now um and and that's kind of kind of what I I love about mocktails is because there's nowhere to hide. Like, it's just like, it's what you put in the glass. It's like smoothie King, like yeah. in a way, like there's like, I can use this and it's going to make everything. I, I put this emulsion gin. You can put a splash of that in your morning coffee and it's going to make that coffee taste probably a little bit better. You can put it also on your, what do they call those? Laquas. Yeah. You could put this in your Lacroix pimple mousse. And th- that's going to I don't be, know what you just said, but I just amazing. got turned on. Yeah. Pepple Moose Lacroix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Felt it. That one was... That's an inside joke with me and Amanda. I wish she was here to hear that one. but uh, She'll hear yeah. it one
0: day. Yeah. Or I'll cut it out and she'll never hear it.
1: Never hear that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's next for Big Larry? Ooh. Big Larry. Nobody calls me that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like my old old nickname what's your new so, nickname? well lair bears like oh, just, i love uh, layer i'm like a little more soft and like you know i've been best uh, mustache in charlotte i it keeps on getting into this mic and kind of yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay.
0: but uh that was his mustache people and uh, it, it it not only best looking best sounding i think the i think the lights like twinkled a little they bit did, did that, they 100% but, did but uh hope it's not an earthquake
1: oh don't <laughs> say that so so what's next like I, I usually I as a the life of a consultant you can never think too far in the future um like right now I'm wrapping up the hackney and I'll be you know visiting them uh on on occasion, making sure that they're kind of keeping up with the practices and uh, also changing their menu seasonally um and what one thing i've i've think I've taught them is to be able to think on their feet and br- come up with their own recipes um so they're already they've got their own cocktails on their on their menu already you know one month in um so their their mixologists have really really shown shown a big like stepped up in a big way which has enabled me to kind of trust them and go to things like charleston food and wine and go to do do a bunch of fun stuff so i think my next step actually and i can't say too much about it right now but i'm my goal is to is to continue learning and growing and i'm going to be doing a like a stage in a oh. in a at one of the top bar programs on the East Coast. Um, oh, so in it, is it in the Southeast? It's not in the Southeast, but it's not it's not far away. Um, but uh, I'm not going away. I'm not leaving Charlotte, but it's kind of just Giving a
0: little a little uh,
1: road trip. Yeah, it's actually I'm more doing that for Charlotte because I want to. I love Charlotte, and I want to continue growing and this is so uh, exciting when is this happening so i haven't set exact dates yet it's kind of a it's a moving date but uh i'm hoping in the next couple weeks i'll be starting it and it won't be a long-term thing but uh i I just hope that i'm able to grow and bring back something okay you have to tell me off
0: air because i'm very
1: intrigued yeah the uh over a and fries yeah, there you go. I love it. Yeah. Um, but that's really, I, my next step is just continue this path of growth and this journey to like searching for the best cocktail. Like how can I make the best cocktail and how can I give my guests like the most wow experience out of that? Like, that's what we talk about all the time is like, how can I wow my guest? And sometimes you have to go away from home somewhere a little uncomfortable to, to find those things. And, I'm going to do that while I'm young and, and can, cause those days, you know, are those, those days don't last forever. One day I'll have to settle down. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, the goal, the end goal would be to one day just, uh, like be, be a part of the growing bar scene in Charlotte, you know, in the way that I was an owner, you know, um. And give back to that. So, and those those wheels are kind of turning already, but I've I, I know what, what I'm good at, and I've got a lot of growth to do, kind of before before I'm confident and in that, you know. And Charlotte's got, I think we've got a little bit of little, little bit of time to to figure those things out as a as a whole as a city. Yeah, so.
0: that's kind of what's cool about Charlotte right now is it it feels like it's in its infancy of the food and beverage scene and you can kind of experiment and do cool stuff and yeah you're not you know going to you, you have you can make some mistakes
1: and learn and grow i feel
0: like i feel like that's the cool part about what's happening in charlotte yeah. maybe i'm completely wrong
1: but no i think you're right like that's what's great about like we're a melting pot charlotte's like we've got so many talented bartenders now and 3 years ago they're probably you could count the great bartenders or the good bartenders on your hand, your two hands, you know, now you'd have to, that you can do that in every neighborhood. Um, there's people that care about this behind every bar, just about in Charlotte that, um, and that's from your dive bars, like Moosehead, um, you know, like they, they care about their guests, like, and that's all the way up to your fine dining establishments. It's, it's amazing to see like, um Charlotte Charlotte I think is the next big food city in the southeast. I think we're gonna get, get there. After seeing the great plates that we've done in Charleston food uh food and wine, it was it was absolutely kinda it was eye opening to see how close Charlotte is to everywhere else. You know, it's like, okay, like we're if we're not there yet, we're really close. So stay tuned kind of thing. Yeah.
0: All right. So we do a recurring segment. It's the best thing we ate or drank this week. Ooh. Don't want to put you on the spot, but what's the best thing you ate or drank this week?
1: Oh man. I feel, yeah. Ate or drank. Well, I was in Charleston, so
0: yeah. Uh, I so ate
1: and drank yes, a lot. You did. Oh, the best thing. I mean dude I hate to go back to the the hometown favorite but Bardo Bardo with their uh, do it with their sweet love, breads love they did me their some sweet Bardo. breads and their XO. like I mean it was a real like I think there's something beautiful about Chef Mike's food and that it's so simple but it's technique driven and this guy even in a tent in Charleston can make food that is on level with the food that he serves at at the restaurant, you know, which it's like to see that guy work and the art that he puts out is is absolutely amazing. And I, I'm a sucker for like your things like sweetbreads and like your more adventurous. Me too. Meats that's if how you I will. like. I'll, I'll try any and and that's I, what I, I love about his you.
0: menu too. He's got all this like even his even like the ribeye he has on the menu it like has the the um what's called that cracker yeah like a seaweed cracker on top and
1: like absolutely like there's
0: nothing simple on the menu he's he's all about texture
1: and temperature and flavor and it kind of all comes together where you're sometimes you're missing the one of those things where he he kind of hits all the all of it and uh and then I mean, we were serving. Amanda was serving up a, a great cocktail that paired paired amazingly with it. And uh, coconut washed muddy river aged rum with uh, lemongrass, fresh lime, Ugh. and ginger. I, I mean, love lemongrass. I mean, dude, it was. She does so much good lemongrass stuff. I, yeah, I love that stuff. Well, she wanted to bring something you know that is that she does at Bardo, but this was a completely new cocktail um we served i think over 500 people in 75 minutes wow Um, i mean it was and there were people that would would come back for both the sweet bread and the cocktail and so so that's high praise for charleston food and wine yeah with everything that they have to offer and there was a lot like honestly i didn't get around as much as i wanted to because um it was such a short window um so I'm sure there was a lot of really great stuff there and a lot of great events. I saw a lot of like the other people representing at the Charlotte tent earlier in the week. Looked like they did an amazing job. Um, I know Bob did yeah. did his thing down there. Um, so it was so yeah. The Bardo the Bardo guys got my vote mainly off of hometown favoritism and the fact that I got to eat several of those sweetbreads and enjoyed them thoroughly. That's beautiful.
0: So we've done... This is my third pot I've done in two days. So this week, Ooh. even though this is going to... We're not going to release this for two weeks. have been eating the same stuff. Um, let me think of something new that I've had. Um, so I've been craving this one thing. And I said Harper's. And someone who grew up... As someone who's grown up in Charlotte... You've probably gone to Harper's a
1: lot. Oh, So i lied earlier um my oh. first my first ever job in the service industry was at harper's good it was like and not to talk down on that place at all because i i went there for my birthday in december last year so <laughs> that's how like i still yeah. love harper's like we
0: we've gone like it's been like our tax season like every friday because i crave they make these homemade chips with blue cheese okay that are all right. it's only on the bar menu And I just fucking love these things. And I literally... Yvonne was at the mall, and I got there early, and I ordered it. And she's like, save me some. And she took her 20 minutes. I ate the whole thing. It's huge. uh, It was... I felt terrible the next day, but so good. So
1: i used to love their their chicken supreme oh my god yes yeah, and, yeah I, so I i thought get were, those. if you were gonna say that no, no, no. I,
0: like, I always hey. do the chicken supremes and they have the best their honey mustard whatever sauce oh yeah it's been the same for since we were kids and the yeah they have the best chicken fingers in all
1: in all of town yeah yeah my dad gets crown royal soda and I get chicken tenders and honey mustard. Yeah. That's, and then I would chew on his ice. That's how <laughs> I would go. I mean. It's a Charlotte, like, Yeah, it's
0: probably the restaurant growing up that we would go to the most where I, like, have the most memories. Because my Nana liked to go there, and we would just go hang out at Harper's.
1: Yeah, window seat with my grandma, too. Like, she yeah. had to have the window booth, you know, so she could read the menu and if they didn't <laughs> preheat her, her plate, she'd send it back. You know, the plate had to be hot. So, but, uh, they, they're probably, they're the OGs of Charlotte hospitality. You know, they, yeah. they've done it. I, I, I hope they never close like that. That's one that I think will stand the test of time. I hope
0: so. All right. Perry, Larry Bear, Big Larry, you've been yeah. incredible. Thank you so much for coming. We'll have you back. And okay, so tell people where they can find you on the interwebs if you want to get a little Larry late night Larry on the internet.
1: Yeah, late night, not so much. But uh, (laughs) yeah, the so my Instagram's at Bartender Larry. I just uh, That's that's a sweet Instagram handle. Yeah, when I when I found it, I was like, I'm gonna nab that up, and then I ended up using it one day and. That kind of that I'd say the best way to describe that is that it logs my journey as a bartender. And, and you post really cool stuff, like you, you're
0: the pictures that you do are like professional pictures. Like you, you're posting recipes of cocktails, like lots of cool stuff.
1: Yeah, I try to challenge myself to do something different and not be repetitive, and also like just not uh, not stop creating. You know, like. And it's hard because I always, as a perfectionist, try to get better, but that doesn't always happen um so this is a way for me to like look back on it and like be hard on myself a little bit, you know, and be like, "Oh, like Larry, what were you doing? you know well, that's what they said like, with tax
0: returns, so if you don't look back three years ago and find the mistakes you made, then you're not growing as a
1: person oh wow that that was really boring, yeah, 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 taxes, yeah. yeah. Exactly. You had to bring that into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gift I
0: have. I can bring, I can make any conversation so boring. You'll fall asleep. That's the gift of the tax. tax. It's the gift of the Jew. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh man. I'm <laughs> uh, making Larry uncomfortable. All right, everyone. So find Larry on bartender, Larry. Uh, we don't need to talk on about Instagram. stuff on Instagram. Yep.
1: Um, any place else you want to send people to? Yeah, I'd go up to the Hackney uh, in Washington, North Carolina. I mean, it's a, it's a lovely town, but what's really special is the chefs are creating the most local food that you can get, I think, and Yvonne and I are going this summer in, in for that, a, a weekend. I mean, it, it's amazing. If you're going to Chef and Farmer, if you're going to Raleigh, it's only an hour and a half outside of Raleigh, and the town... The town's beautiful. So, um, and the food, the drinks, like it, it's kind of an escape for me. Like, I would say go there and then keep an eye out for what I'm doing next. Honestly, like it's really we'll fun. Don't worry, it'll be, be on really Charlotte fun. News. It'll be really fun.
0: Yeah. We're very excited about it. Cool. All right, everyone, have a great
1: week. Um,
0: I don't know who we have next week, but it's going to be someone good. Larry's going to make me some more cocktails and we're going to have a great night. And uh, everyone have a great week. <laughs> Lear bear.